Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, it's the critic, the geek, and the girl who all know the best way to have a conversation is with your face pressed into somebody else's face, preferably a random stranger. It's Sif Pop. That may have been a confusing statement, but (laughs) we're going to clarify that. It it is related to the movie that we are reviewing today. Apparently, James Bond (sighs) just starts conversations. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) We'll get there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to an episode of Sif Pop. This is uh, going to be a fun review. We review James Bond. And as always on Sif Pop. It's hosted by the critic, the geek, and the girl. Yep. I'll be the critic. Danae be the girl. And joining us as the geek this week, once again, it's our friend Josh from the Nether Region. Woot, woot. I say woot, (laughs) y'all. That was such an awkward, like, (laughs) that was like the most awkward, like, seriously. That was like a weak wooing because I didn't want to overpower. And now it's Josh. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Is it W-H-O-O or W-O-O? Because that uh, makes a difference. I think it's W-O-O. Oh, never mind. Woo-hoo? Well, the morning no, widow I mean, of woo. a... Oh, there you go. W-H-O. Woo. There's a difference. There's a difference. It's all in the influx. You have to you have to know the the context of what or you're doing. Or my Asian friend Wu, which is W U. So they're Very all different. totally different. <laughs> Very different. Or John Wu. That's Wu. true. Right. As Wu. always, we record our Sif Pop episodes with a live audience, and so we're starting off with uh, people already in the chat room posting about the movie already. If I'm always curious if anybody went to go see the movie yeah. on opening night. So Caleb, if you did let us Caleb know. Caleb is already aggressively humming the Bond theme in the in the chat. So way to go, Caleb. And H two is already referencing okay. other woo things, woo tape. <laughs> Before we get there, yeah. We have a story that must be told. We have heard from you. You have come through loud and clear. We referenced a snake story on our last podcast and did not tell the story. We know you want to hear it. Danae, the floor is yours. Please tell us the snake story. On Tuesdays, we record our Shoe the Dough uh, podcast, and you can listen to that live on the same feed at 
uh, Mixler.com slash shoe the dough. And on that podcast, yeah, we were telling stories and referenced the snake in our home story. So mm-hmm. here's here's that story. And like Aaron said, thanks for reminding us that we forgot to close that little chapter. Yeah. So my That's husband good. came home and in the middle of our living room floor, basking in the sun from coming in from the window was a, a snake. And I get a text message from him saying there is a snake in our living room <laughs> with like a whole bunch of exclamation points and question marks and, and things. And I was like, what is I back? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and my husband replies with a photo. Now the photo starts to download on my phone and I immediately put my phone down and I was working with Aaron that day mm-hmm. and Aaron decided that you were going to pick up and look at the photo. Danae loves all God's creatures and I did not want her to have to see uh, possibly potentially, potentially right. what her husband had done to this snake. And it is a good thing because he he sent that snake out of this plane of existence uh, brutally. <laughs> so, so <laughs> brutally. He, so he, I, he, Aaron says, okay, okay, I'm looking at the picture. It's a small snake. This looks like a garden snake or gardener snake. You know, it's mm-hmm. fine. It is in three pieces. <laughs> so it is. It's dead. either three snakes or one snake in three pieces. So I, I first I was shocked that my husband would send me a picture of a you know snake in three pieces. Mm-hmm. But you know he was in the moment, pumped full of adrenaline. Uh, of note, side note: husband has never seen a snake like just you know wandering around the yard, let alone in the middle of the house. Mm-hmm. So he went into fight or flight mode and. He, Fight was his response. Do you want to do? You, do you want to inform uh, how your your husband Justin took care of the snake? I will absolutely. Mm-hmm. I call him on the phone. That's what I do. Thankfully, Aaron deletes the picture, so I don't mm-hmm. have to see it. I call. I call Justin. Justin is in the living room, and he is totally amped up. Like I can tell by his <laughs> voice, he's just on this adrenaline high. Caveman Justin has taken care of the intruder. I also know my husband well enough. I can see him pacing around the living room. Right. <laughs> And what I don't know is that in in one hand, he has the phone talking to me. In the other hand, he has my brand new chef butcher's knife, (laughs) the big one, like Scream style, like from the movie Scream. And he has chopped up the snake. And what he says when I when he answers the phone, he's like, it's still moving. I'm going back in for another job. <laughs> and I'm yelling at him like, it's already dead. And he's like, it's not dead enough. It's still moving. So he by the end of the night, by the end of the experience, I guess I should say, Snake was in four pieces <laughs> and <laughs> had been removed. Couple mysteries here, you know, one is why it didn't bleed all over the carpet, because mm-hmm. there was no blood, said Justin. Uh, to how it got into the house. I think we've solved like how it got into the house now. We think it was in our vent system and the air yeah. conditioning was on, so it didn't have a lot of blood flow because it was just lethargic and tired and it got into our house and was basking in the sun where it met its last moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> the snake story. There is one There's one tiny more part to the an story. An addendum? Just a teeny tiny you have little an addendum? More. One of the things I asked my husband to do a dead a deadnum was was to make sure he cleaned up the mess, which is when I was informed uh-huh. there was no blood. So when I get home, I'm look I walk in to the living room where I'm sure I can smell death, right? Like uh-huh. I'm I'm totally psyching yes. myself out. Snake death has happened here. Yes. I look in the living room and the entire carpet looks like a regular carpet except for one like two by two part of the carpet where you could see he had vacuumed. <laughs> he didn't vacuum. <laughs> It was 
just the entire living room. It was just this one little section. So I was like, great. Now I know exactly where. <laughs> I've, I've seen CSI. You only need to bleach where the blood was. You don't need to bleach the whole floor. Oh, that's amazing. And Justin also wants to make sure that the part of the story he gets to add, he's in the chat right now, is that I have bleached this knife three times, washed it four times, and have set it in the sunlight for days, and I still can't use it. Because every time I touch it, I see snake death. <laughs> So anyway, that's the snake story. There I'm you glad go. I got a chance to tell it. So well done. Round of applause. Thank you guys. For Thank the you. Hughes household. Thank you to my husband who saved snake. us. I have to we usually get commentary about like why didn't you just throw a blanket over it and then scoop it up and toss it outside? Just we, a we broom. get a lot of oh, he needs a broom a handle. Broom handle. Yep. It'll just hang on there, you just take it out. And... Warning to all snakes, that is not how my husband does business. <laughs> It's just not how all it's going to go. Warning to all snakes <laughs> listening to this podcast. I have no room to talk with the way I handled bats that got into our house in Michigan. Oh, so gosh. I have no room to talk. For so sure. that'll have to be a story for another time is, is uh, Aaron's say it bats in the house. Uh, tennis rackets in a very forceful forehand. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you ready to shoo it out? Let's shoo it out. Let's all get right. right into this. We got to go see uh, this movie. We usually like to start off by playing a little bit of audio from the trailer. So here's James Bond Spectre. You have no authority. None. Mexico City. What were you doing there? I was taking some overdue holiday. So what's going on, James? They say you're finished. What do you think? I think you're just getting started. Magnificent, isn't she? Zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds. A few little tricks up her sleeve. Do one more thing for me. What do you have in mind? Make me disappear. Oh, make me disappear. Mm. What's going to happen? If only he would have disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's start with uh, just quickly. Liked it, loved it. Uh, It was okay. Disliked it, hated it. We'll start with you, Danae. All right. When I think of a movie that I hated, there's Mm -hmm. a couple that come to mind. Mm -hmm. I don't think I hated this one. But it's really close. I did not like it. So a heavy dislike. A heavy dislike that could at any moment teeter straight down into the pit of hate. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the dislike category as well. Maybe not quite as heavy as today, but um, yeah, I disliked it. Josh, what about you? Um, I'm going to say I barely liked it, but it was way too long. <laughs> that is something we can all agree upon. Yeah, that's that's an understatement. Um all right, so let's start with the good stuff. The stuff we actually did enjoy about the movie. Uh Danae has a very short list, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh from what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Um but I'll go first because yeah, go I'm first. I'm really excited to talk about the first 15 minutes of this movie. I think the, yeah, the that's f- the reason it's not in the uh, dislike for me. Uh, the, it is the only reason it's not a well, complete failure for me. But I the first 15 minutes of this movie is as good, if not better, than any action scene I have ever seen. It whoa. is it is phenomenal the way it's shot. That first tracking shot that yeah. goes on for minutes yeah. and minutes that is was gorgeous. Good and beautiful and it allows the emotion to build perfectly and that whole time I'm thinking oh they're going back to true bond like debonair smooth very cool and then when stuff starts hitting the fan and explosions start and spoiler alert a helicopter's involved (gasps) um, it's (laughs) uh, that helicopter fight was 
Aaron, mind blowing. Aaron, mind blowing. It's too much. We're not supposed it was, to. Yeah. We're not and the way it in, the way it integrated into the Day of the Dead festival in Mexico City was beautiful, and the the huge crowds that were there being a part of this action scene was uh, it intensified everything. The first fifteen minutes of this movie is the movie for me. Once you hit the credit sequence, uh, I was out. Like I was hoping the rest of it would live up to that, but but nothing did for me. But that's where I wanted to start. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. That was my favorite part was the beginning. I asked myself, <laughs> how much longer is this going to go on? Almost, of, I think maybe the same amount as I did with Interstellar. Because Interstellar <laughs> went on for me. That was uh-huh. the one that dragged on. This one was probably probably worse. I don't know. This It was, yeah. It was really difficult. But the things I did like about the movie, um, I thought that there were some gorgeous just shots in this movie. You can tell this has a big budget and we are going into environments and we're seeing all these different places. We're in Mexico. We're over here. You know, we're mm-hmm. traveling the world. We we are in trains, planes, and automobiles. It's like they they wrote a list of all the places and all of the different modes of transportation that one could take. And it was just like, check, 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 check. So <laughs> In all the different environments. And yeah, then, yeah. Yeah. We're in the cold. We're in the heat. You know, there's all these different kind of things going on. And so in that way, it was visually beautiful. But, you know, the story didn't keep my attention and so it ultimately felt dry and really boring i actually said the the same thing about skyfall uh skyfall was gorgeous and sam mendez directed both of them and I, yeah. I really think he's just got a real eye for cinematography i actually think skyfall was even more beautiful than than this one um but uh but some of those those landscapes are just yeah just really there's gorgeous. a couple of shots that are really gorgeous yeah, josh what about you what's something that you really liked about the movie um, well, I 100% agree with the, the beginning. Yeah, that was um, awesome. But you're right. When the credits hit, like even the credits, I was like, um, what's like, happening? My least favorite credits even ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just so, it's like weird. Like, yeah. I mean, like, they're always a little like psychedelic or whatever, but this is like, yeah, is that girl not... like making out with the, uh, with an octopus? Like what's yeah, happening with very, the octopus? With, with, <laughs> without getting too like graphic, I it mean, was it was very, very tentacly, you very know what I mean? tentacle <laughs> and suggestive. Yeah I, yeah. I totally agree. And I don't know if Danae realizes, cause you're not a Bond fan. Nope. That is a Bond thing. The, that that the credit trippy, sequence thing, psychedelic yes, the trippy, acid psychedelic trip. women. A lot of, a lot of silhouettes. Mm-hmm. And... But, but this one was, I, well, actually, we'll we'll get into that here in just a second. I want to hear Josh what sure. you liked about the movie. Uh, well, I mean, I think the truth is, I think you guys covered it all. Like the the opening, I thought there was a lot of really beautiful stuff. They they did all of the um, nods to the Bond genre um, that were fine. Like the, all the stuff that's going to make your dad the Bond fan. Like, all oh, right, you know, like the shake car's it, back, shaking and not stirred, that kind sh- of stuff. Yeah, all that sort of Bond James Bond uh, fun yeah. stuff. Um, and I, I, there was a, there was another sequence, um, to, uh, I guess that's a, probably a spoiler. We can't get it, but there's another sequence like down a tracking shot down a hall that I thought was really beautiful. Uh, with some uh, involving some assassins and a beautiful lady and James Bond, you know, of course, saving the day. And, um, so there's all that stuff that was all, there was some lovely stuff. Amanda, Mendez knows his way around the, like you said, knows his way around the camera and, yeah, he he's great at make, framing. He knows how to make a make something look awesome. Yeah, he frames stuff so well. I'm wondering if this, moving on a little bit more into things that were concerning, I'm wondering if this movie suffered from having too many characters. The more I've been thinking about it is, so so 
when we talk about what we didn't like about the movie, for me, it was a very confusing movie. The, the plot line really never made sense to me. It was kind of like, oh, okay, we're looking for somebody, but how we're getting from point A to point B, like knowing that, okay, we're looking at this map. Oh, we're going to go out to the middle of nowhere. Oh, we're looking at this person. Oh, that means we've got to go over here and find this person. Mm-hmm. And then the transitions from you know one place into the next, it, it seemed like it was all taking place over the course of just a few days. But you're like, how are you getting all over the world like this? So there's a level of suspension of disbelief there. But underneath that, and I don't need to have plot lines spoon fed to me. I can usually really follow things and perceive things. But this one didn't link the pieces together really well. So I'm not really caring about anything that was going on. Well, I think this one depended more than the others, at least in my experience, on you remembering specific things from the other Bond movies, especially the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Uh, yeah. And I and I was curious to, to see if you felt the same way, Josh. I felt like this movie depended way too much on your knowledge of yeah. these other films. Because not only is a standalone film that makes it not work, <clears throat> but even if you're a fan of the films, it's been a while. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. like it's I, I'm not the kind I'm not the obsessive Bond fan to remember all the little plot points of the right. other three Daniel Craig movies. That's a good point. You know, and yeah. so it, it that's why it was a little confusing to me. Did you have that experience? Josh. Yeah, absolutely. I have. I think my Bond, like my um, my love of Bond films, uh, looks like this. I I say at this point in time in my life, I go, man, I love the one that had that scene where it did this one thing, but I can't tell you what movie it was. What you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I remember like little snippets of information, and I remember the opening of of one of them that was so good. And I couldn't even tell you which one it is now. And I, you know, like the, there's a train bit from one that I like, and this I, this felt the same in that sense. Like it's just like I'm, I'll remember this opening, yeah, but I won't remember right. what movie it belonged to, right? Later <laughs> down the line, and so all that you know, coming into this one where they're talking about all these past characters, and they showed us you know the faces of the characters. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that guy from one of the movies. I think, <laughs> yeah, you know, and these are great actors. It's like, oh yeah, this... Javier, you were was it? Which yeah. one were you the bad Javier guy Bardem, in? You were in one of so them. Maybe... You were great in one of these movies. <laughs> maybe it's not that there were too many characters. It was. It is that they were resting on so much James Bond lore. And if you are a James Bond fan, maybe this would be a good kind of tie every piece together movie because the feel is that this is going to be, you know, the last one from was his name Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig yeah. So so he, you know, he's no longer going to be playing this role and so this is kind of like the tie the pieces together movie, but it should stand alone. I shouldn't be completely confused the whole movie. They, they you can't make a movie just 100% for the super yeah. fans for James Bond. Um, it felt like I, I wonder if because the, it you know it's kind of they're trying to round out the era right or whatever right. and you know it, it, so I wonder if they were like trying to make it even much more epic than normal and all it did was just made it a lot longer than normal because oh, it didn't so feel long. like the stakes were higher <laughs> it just felt like oh there's another we have two more acts to this movie instead yeah. of you know oh, instead so of three long. acts it's like five acts it just yeah. like keeps going oh. oh this is not the end okay well. Oh, we're okay, not even close to the end. I think it okay. was in the first two, like the first third of the movie was, I don't even know how you piece this one together. I asked myself so many times, I'm like, oh, we're not even close to done yet, are we? <laughs> oh, we're nowhere near it. I actually was like, should I nap? 
my husband he hasn't was, even used <laughs> his gadget watch yet. I oh, know. Boy. Oh man, we got we got <laughs> so long to go. <laughs> uh, I have a, a a lot to talk about, and a lot we'll we'll talk about in our spoiler section, which will be uh, an additional um, file in this podcast feed. Uh, in the Sif Pop uh, podcast feed that you can listen to. But before we do that, I did have one more good thing I wanted to get out there so I can just focus on how awful this movie is from here on out. Um, I actually did enjoy the performance of C. Uh, I, I love did that. Did really? I love that actor. I, I loved yeah, him in I love Sherlock as Moriarty. Uh, and this is Andrew Scott. I, yeah, Andrew Scott. I, I thought he was, he was really he good. He kind of reminds me of Ruffalo, right? A little Ruffalo. Okay, there's a little bit of Ruffaloism there. Yeah, for yeah, sure. The, under, sort of, the underplayed. Yeah. yeah. So he was also in Saving Private Ryan and well, Tom he Hardy was, Locke. He was soldier on a beach in Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I don't think he got much screen Well, time. IMDb says known for, so <laughs> okay. they are clearly lying. <laughs> no, if anything, he's known for being Moriarty in uh, the BBC's Sherlock, which uh, was an incredible yeah. performance. Um, yeah. But uh, but I really did like him in this. Okay, got that out of the way. Now we can rip this movie apart a little bit. Well, I want to say real quick on the good things. I thought I thought across the board the performances were great, even though some the ones I wanted to be bigger were underused, and some of the smaller ones were maybe overused. I thought everybody was solid. And uh, they just I, seem to be I'm, doing their I, job. I, I don't know. It, it, there wasn't anything that's special. What I, I th- well, I don't think that's what I'm saying. I don't think. I mean, I thought he was compelling but i thought his character was more compelling you know yeah. what i mean i thought everybody played as well as they could and like i said like christoph waltz i thought was totally underused i thought that was the, yeah. the bond villain we've seen the least of um but what there was oh shoot now i forgot what i was gonna say That's there okay. was somebody something else that was oh monica bellucci i don't understand why she was in the movie like she was oh she's great like she's oh. great and she's classic and classy okay, okay. And it was an I, awesome scene but like i'm just like oh was it an awesome scene can we talk about that for a second first of all so james bond is you know player or whatever and he's just gonna go have his i'm bed. not talking about that scene oh. i'm talking about the scene before that whenever at the funeral whenever she walks out to the 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 pool oh that was cool yeah. that was cool that was cool. um, that was one of my favorite scenes but yeah, so so this movie has a lot of scenes that I'm just like, really, what you know? <laughs> I I do want to talk about the mo- I do want to talk about the montage thing for a second because I didn't know that James Bond movies start with this the whole credit like, sequence. the credit sequence. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever, whatever it's called. That was the most <laughs> weird. Like that was so weird. That was that was like okay, okay. Oh, in Willy Wonka when they go in the tunnel. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. When they go in the tunnel and, and yes. then looking at the wall, there's all these weird images. It was kind of like that. Like, what am I watching? What they is this? They expect Gene Wilder to start on the soundtrack. You know. Going, going, which way? Going, going, going. The winds are blowing. The octopus are blowing. So, and I think I'm going to compare. The girl this. has no clothing. <laughs> oh, nice. Sorry. Bravo. <laughs> Thank I, you. I was thinking about Mission Impossible. At that point in time, because in Mission Impossible, it also starts with sort of a series of images that are kind of t- showing you what's going to be happening in the movie. Right. And after watching this movie and paying attention, because that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to pay attention to the movie and not walk out whenever I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> I'm staying in the seat for you guys. So I'm watching. And uh, at the end of the movie, I'm like, how did some of that have anything to do? It anything doesn't. Anything to do. No, it with doesn't. It's just a trippy. But Why? 
Like, did they all drop acid and make a montage? Like a little that's montage. That's the idea. Is that yeah, what that's, happened? That's all usually what, it, and it's the showcase for the song too. That's the, the, the credits for James Bond are always kind of that weird silhouettes, gunshots, bullets, bullets in steam, you know, kind of thing. And then, <laughs> and then it, and then it also highlights whatever song is okay, which supposed to be. It is the entire song. Yeah. Yeah. They the highlight whole the song. song. Yep. Yep. And you're like, yeah. oh, we're going for the whole thing here. Oh, okay. Right. Sometimes the songs are really um, uh, respected. Skyfall. Like this one, the, Skyfall was Skyfall a great song. Was a big one. Yeah. yeah, this one didn't do anything. No, for this me one didn't do. Song, yeah, even. the song wasn't enticing, and I think it's because it was all of a sudden we had that great opening scene with all these fun, amazing things that are happening. the The camera shots great. The environment is great. The intensity is great. The action is great. All these great things are happening, and then it's like, <laughs> and now. Naked women and an octopus. <laughs> like really? Lots of octopi. And then it, but, I think technically it's octopuses. Just so, oh, sorry. Just so we're clear. Even better. That's a different movie. That was a different movie. <laughs> and then after this, you know, trippy James Bond introduction is over, we go into this, you know, section and and in this movie, James Bond is supposed to be, you know, kind of roguing it up. Which we've also seen in Mission Impossible. In fact, I think that was in the title, Rogue Nation. Yeah, and so there's a lot of similarities between these two, and I couldn't help but think every time there was something going on, I'm like, Mission Impossible did it better. Mission Impossible, like the whole time, yeah. I was just, and I don't, I don't know if it's again because I'm not steeped in the James Bond world, but you know, even the spy stuff, the spy equipment, and and all that, and the fight scenes and everything, it's Mission Impossible did it better. For that matter, the man from Uncle did it better. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, it, we've seen so many great spy movies this year that, you know, it, it you know, you learn that I, can be done well. I, I was wondering too, like, okay, so this is sort of like a James Bond style movie. Mm -hmm. You know, they're trying to hit those marks. This is how James yeah. Bond does it. And instead of like, this is how Mission Impossible does it. Right, sure. But to some degree, if James Bond isn't doing it well, don't do it. <laughs> Well, the thing is, he in the movies there was always relevant. Like it's it's almost like a nod to the gadgets now because the movies originally were about the gadgets, and the gadgets actually played big parts in even like the story transition, right? Like, you know, like his. Well, I guess he did say his one of his gadgets did save the day, but in some of the older movies, like the the car tends to live a little longer. Sorry, that might be a little spoiler. <laughs> Um, but like these, like there was other gadgets that were totally irrelevant to the plot. Okay. So this brings me to my major problem with the movie. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you got us there. You talk about gadgets being irrelevant. There was a vast majority of this movie that had no punch, had no payoff. Yeah. And it, they would, they would set things up, uh, subtly or not subtly that were just Wimpy, and I, I, I have several examples, none of which I feel like I can give until we're in the spoiler section, um, because obviously it is about conclusions of things. But sure, it, yeah. it is it is a movie where something will happen and you go, oh, oh that, okay, that's the resolution to that. Oh, okay, we're moving. Oh, <laughs> all right, and then oh, and that's, then right that's all you're gonna do. <laughs> and then after that, you're like, and we still have so much more to go. <laughs> well, and then you're thinking they must be saving it for the a huge climax at right. the end. And, and the huge none. climax at the end is like, oh, I think I saw this in the middle of one of the other movies. Right? Yeah, it's just all around one of those, you know. Also, not... it's impossible, but whatever. We can yeah. talk about that in spoilers, too. Right. Oh, there's so much of it. 
I the other uh, thing I go ahead. There go ahead. Are, there are also elements of um we were talking about Mission Impossible. There's also uh like the Divergent series. There's a couple of things that happen in the Divergent movie that happen in this movie that you're like, really? <laughs> anyway, when we're talking about impossible things, but we'll hopefully cover some of that in the little spoilers. But on we go. Uh are we hey, to- I have a question sure, for you go guys. For it, go actually, for it. did did um does his face look like it was uh, CGI part of the time? Uh, it was the, so meaty and curt, it just looked fake to me. He, I don't know I, what he was swollen. Did or, he Botox? Like, cause it seemed like know. his upper lip was sort of limp and dead. Yeah. And I didn't know if that's just his face. Apologies if that's just say, your face. I will say Daniel. I didn't notice anything okay. weird about yeah. his face. I did. Our uh, audio was out of sync a little bit, oh, our especially audio at the, the beginning. beginning. Oh, yeah, that was that, so frustrating. Cool. Yeah, that 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 was annoying. We uh, had an audio issue on a lot of levels um, yeah, in the theater. Right, we we had the audio out of sync on the screen before us, and we had. I have never experienced this in all of my movie oh, going, so which bad. I don't go to the movies until you know recently, really. We had people talking behind us the entire oh, movie. But get this, get this. So the we're in the back row of the IMAX, and the speakers are just like really loud up there, right? Uh-huh. And the movie builds up to this huge crescendo, da 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 da. Like there's this incredible music that's going, mm-hmm. and the guy behind me is not phased by the loud music. No, he in he begins to talk louder and louder <laughs> to the person beside him and starts yelling. <laughs> I mean, oh to be heard. And so that's when I turned around. And I was just like, really, guy? Like, I didn't say anything to him because I didn't want to be that person. But I was just trying to figure out who, okay, which one of you multiple people behind me is the one that's talking? And after that, it, was it kind a group, of got quiet. It was a group of about, it was awful. It was a group of about 10 in the like 12 to 14 year old range. Oh. There were a group of about 10 of them. And the wrong movie anyway. Oh, and then, and then the row in front of us was a group of like 20 something guys. So every time that there was like a silly comment made, uh, they did like the <laughs> like thing. They were like the Beavis and Butthead group in front of us. You know, like, like I don't, I can't remember anything that could be taken as some sort of like mm. a you know a young prebubescent or whatever reference that you yeah. know you laugh about in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Sure. They were laughing about yeah. it. Yeah, there, I was, think a, there even, was a cat at one point that was referred to as something other than a cat, and they're like, they thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. And then and then it was like when the girls you know would show some shoulder, they would whistle. So we had a very interesting <laughs> experience watching this movie. I will but, tell yeah. you, I knew what we were kind of in for because before the movie, the group behind us, I was kind of tuned into their conversations. Mm-hmm. And at one point they were discussing whether what age you were allowed to take selfies like at what age you become you're not allowed to take selfies anymore. They decided at 20 <laughs> they decided at 22. Anybody that older than 22 is not allowed to take selfies. That's what they decided. Uh, and now everybody in the theater also knows oh, this no. piece of information. Oh, and no. uh, and the other thing they were doing is they were searching Instagram for hashtag I'm beautiful and then making fun of the people who said hashtag I'm beautiful. <laughs> that is, oh, this is uh, this is the next generation, ladies and gentlemen. I was impressed. I was Im- I was impressed with uh, my ability to keep it in. Like, yeah, they were very very. Yeah. One of them came back. Uh, the one who was doing most of the talking, actually, I was taking in the tracksuit. Yeah, yeah. I was the taking, guy in the tracksuit. I was taking notes after the movie, and he had forgotten something. He came back up alone and grabbed what he ever he had forgotten. And I said, "So were you the one? You were you the one that was talking the entire movie?" He was like, "Oh yeah, totally." <laughs> and then he left. <laughs> <laughs> you had no response to that. Oh, <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, okay. Thanks for the confirmation. You. 
So it's Have a clear, handsome voice. It's clear we weren't really impressed with this movie. You know, I would, I know we've got other things we kind of want to do for you, this Sif Pop episode, but let's kind of like start to think of our maybe last thoughts. Yeah, on one the movie. last thing. One, one last, last thing. One last thing about the movie. Unless you've got a bunch. Josh, did you kind of hit everything you wanted to hit? I, I think most of my. What I want to say is very it's too specific for the yeah no I've got a thing. ton I've got a ton more to talk about in the spoiler section for sure yeah I, uh, I think that's uh, yeah overall yeah I think I've said my that's all I had to say it was it was too much I think I think if this movie I get I, I'm a lie because I am going to say something yeah what's your one I more think thing? if this movie would have shaved if they would have condensed that story shaved about forty minutes off of it maybe forty five. I think there's a movie there that I would have really enjoyed. Mm, I think there's, smushed, I think there's too many problems. It all together. I, I think the length is a problem, but I, I think there's too many problems integral to the story that, well, that I'm would have made it hard. They would have, yeah, but I'm thinking uh, with it, they're going to get rid of a lot of that stuff. That could be, could be. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you there. I, th- I feel like this movie suffered from doing too many things in one movie. Mm-hmm. And stretching the audience to two and a half hours, I, I the old Spider Man three, hey? yeah, but way worse, I think. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to tell. But but I would I would say if you are a James Bond fan and you love James Bond, especially if you love Daniel Craig and what he's doing, this is you know maybe something that you just you're gonna go see because you want to continue on with the series. Uh, there are some good things about this that are fun, and then there are some things that that there's a lot of things that make this completely fall apart, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I was, I would say, my one more thing is I'm thankful that two guys who I regularly talk movies with also had the same experience because I was like, if I, they like this, I, I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, I was confused. I got, con- <laughs> yeah. At one point in time, Justin turned to me because uh, my husband was in the theater with me, and he was like are you bored? And I was like, I'm so bored. <laughs> I'm so bored. Um, but anyway, I So my one more thing is, you know, if you decide to go see it and because you're a James Bond fan, you're probably going to have an okay time. That's my assumption. Go to the early show though. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Cause even the early show felt like it was a, like I, I was there at seven and it felt like I was at the 11 o'clock show or something. I was so, it was so long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go. Even when the the tickets are cheap, because that way you don't feel like you like. Do you have to see this movie in IMAX? Maybe. No, I don't think so. You know, we no. we saw it in IMAX. I mean, it's I uh, beautiful. <laughs> I mean, Sam, I like like we talked about the cinematography is beautiful, so it it really does come alive. But um, but no, I don't think so. My one last thing is something we didn't really talk about, and I will get more in depth uh, with in the spoilers. I felt like this movie at points almost became a parody of itself. I felt like there were some moments in this movie that were so ridiculous and over the top that it was like a, an SNL parody. You know what I mean? So, and I've got, again, specific examples we'll talk about in the spoilers. Don't but... think for one moment I won't fall into your arms, James Bond. <laughs> and then she trips and falls into his arms like that, you mean? Okay. Yeah, stuff like that. Stuff although, like although I will say, if you're going to talk about the the 007 as uh, like the whole canon of it it's not because the the initial ones like were that they were yes so especially the roger moore stuff was so like cheesy and spoofy over oh the yeah top. double entendre so this is yeah, not no. like it's not like that making fun of itself it's like the it's the most making fun of it that uh like a Daniel Craig era would be correct. There you correct. Go. Okay. And, but it's a weird choice to make, right? Because sure, yeah. you've decided to take this, this series uh, into, uh, you know, kind of the new era of movie making and give it a little bit more of a serious edge. And then you decide to step back on that a little bit. And it's just, it, it's a weird thing to do to an audience. You know, it's a weird 
for me, it just it made it feel much sillier. And uh, and because of that, I, you know, I just I didn't appreciate those moments. Yeah. So. And we will talk more about that in, in our spoiler the spoiler section. section. In spoilers. Before we move on to our next segment, we want to take just a quick moment and thank those of you who support us on Patreon. If you have never been to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's a really cool site that is built for uh, any kind of artistic person who's making something, who is looking to their audience to help them launch it. Kind of like a Kickstarter, but more based on monthly support. So we have people that support us at a dollar a month, $10 a month, 30, whatever you want to do. We do have perks for doing that. We actually give our Patreon people at $3 and up access to our show a full day in advance before it goes into the podcast feed. And there's other fun things that we release just to those who support us on Patreon. And you can also see where we are in our overall goals for our podcast network. So right now you're listening to Sift Pop Podcast, and that is our second podcast that's been launched from Shoe the Dough Podcast Network. All of that made possible through our supporters at Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. That is Aaron and I. And what we do, you can go there, check it out. Let us know if you have any questions. And specifically, we want to thank Larry and Christy today. Christy and Larry, thank you guys so much for what you set aside each month to make this studio possible because we are having a great time and we're really close to launching our third podcast, which will be called New Music Digest. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. Yeah, thank you so much. And if you get past that, you move on to your fourth one, which is all all Josh all the time. It's just (laughs) it's just a microphone following me around all day. Oh my goodness, I would so tune in for that. We will we will put that on Shoe the Dough Podcast Network immediately. Immediately, Immediately. we will talk after the show. That has to happen. Now we see the demise of the Shoe the Dough. Uh, And it's so cool because in our chat, since we are doing the show live. Um, people in the chat who are listening are also thanking Larry and Christy. So we have such a fun community. We love all of you guys so much. So thank you guys for participating. And also hello to Eric and Victor and Adub who popped into the chat. Yeah. Got a nice, nice group hanging out with us. Thank you hello, for doing that. Hello, everybody. All right. On to the next thing on this episode of Sift Pop, something we haven't done in a while called Do We Care? We haven't done this in so long. So you no, guys can pl- <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you guys can play along in the chat and let us know if you care or don't care. But uh, Aaron, basically, he's going to read and Josh and I are going to answer whether or not we care about things that are happening in pop culture. And two <laughs> of the three of us must care about something to look deeper into it. So Ooh. I will read the headline. We will answer if we care. And then yes. if, if more than two of us care about it, then we will go a little bit deeper. Here we go. All right. Number one, Jurassic World will be a trilogy now because Universal spares no expense. Do we care? Whoa. I thought we already did. Like, how do you make a movie that already exists into a trilogy? <laughs> I don't understand that. Well, the, like they did with the first three. I guess we care enough to ta- to have comment on this. Yeah, I think it's. I I don't think it's surprising. <laughs> okay, right? it's, so it's not surprising that, that these are the same people that made a movie based on the board game Battleship. <laughs> they made a movie based on. Okay, you I'm know, gonna say the no. I'm gonna say. The- <laughs> I'm gonna agree with the chat. I'm gonna say no. I don't know that I care enough to really go into too. Deep of well, it's too late. The research. It's too late. Josh and I already said we care. Oh, man. 
Can I say that I watched the, I watched it again after you know because we talked about it and I liked it, but all my problems with it were that it was you know it didn't have the same cool action as a you know Spielberg right. movie. Yep. I remember that. I remember you saying. Um, that. And I watched it again without that hanging over my head, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more the second time. Um, without all that stuff now there were also the other elements that like the things i didn't like i I didn't like even harder um but i will say i would be okay with with seeing you know chris pratt fight dinosaurs in another movie yeah me too. i would I, me too. I would be okay with that i mean at the end of the day if they can find a way to even kind of halfway you, justify it i think i'd be down do you guys realize <laughs> do you guys realize jurassic world is the third highest grossing movie of all time yeah, that's is Titanic insane. still one or did um, I mean Avatar, Titanic, Avatar, and Titanic. Jurassic World? <laughs> like, yeah, that's we, crazy. That's crazy. Well, it is number one, number one of the year. Uh huh. Um, which even I thought that was even kind of crazy. One point six billion at the box office this summer that's worldwide. Insane. Of course I, they're going to make two. So sequels. yeah, of course <laughs> right? they would. Okay, that's a no brainer. I think yeah. I think the conversation turns to you know now movies aren't talking about sequels; they're talking about franchises. And yeah. so they're planning things. What Marvel has taught us is that you can plan things out five years and the fans get even more excited. So, you know, they say, okay, we'll do a trilogy instead of saying, oh, we'll do another one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's just kind but of the way the same, it's going. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. People are, are doing that. Right. It doesn't always, you know, pan out. Um, oh, I'm for sure. I'm not going to get into specifics, but yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. Ready for our next one? Yar. Uh, <laughs> major movies use recycled movie footage. Do we care? No. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, no. Um, maybe I should say, are we indecisive? <laughs> no. Yes. Uh, maybe. I, it makes sense. So, right? so you're talking, like, are you talking about, like, how in Disney they repurposed parts of the, like, the older ones to Correct. color over and re, re, redo that? Yeah. Is it Disney specifically you're talking about? Or is no, it like, no, it's, it's amazing. The article itself, today I'm picking up that you care. Uh, <laughs> right, I'm caring more now because this is not what I thought it was. I thought you meant like stock footage or no, something. No, that's what I They will wondered. actually use pieces from uh, other of their films. So, for instance, uh, like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Oh, um, Transformers. There's a chase scene, a car scene, where the Transformers are on the highway and cars are blowing up. That's actually from uh, the movie The Island that Michael Bay, okay. Michael Bay did like several years ago. With and he just used Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. And he used all this footage from that movie and put it into... With Transform- CG or something? And just CG'd the Transformers Whoa. in on top of the cars and had them doing the damage instead of other vehicles. So in Snow White, like Disney Snow White, they took a lot of the frames from Disney Snow White and they remade them for... Um, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah, it's so, incredible. Those, those stills are incredible. There's a really interesting um, comparison. There's a couple of comparison videos on YouTube if you really wanted to see it. Where it shows the same dancing sequence between Snow, Ri- Snow White and then Maid Marian, mm-hmm. so uh, that I I knew that they did that for Disney, but I didn't realize. I guess with CG, it's super easy because you just tweak it. Another example is that Blade Runner. The towards the end of Blade Runner, they actually used footage from The Shining to finish off Blade Runner because the studio wanted a more upbeat ending to that movie. Which ironic that they would use How stuff from the shine. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> but that's that's where they thought to look. <laughs> where right. can we? You know, go to The Shining. That movie was hysterical. 
I mean, but- <laughs> that, was a, that was a paragon of positivity. <laughs> that is really clever, though, to use. That's fascinating. I love it. I think it's actually really cool. It's not like they're not using, they're not losing pieces of history or something. They're right. just repurposing um, it. And um, Spartan, good, I actually kind of think good for them, like finding ways to cut that budget. <laughs> That's like, right. You know. in, That's the, right. in the chat, Spartanite mentions Robin Hood also takes frames from Jungle Book. And uh, the trench run from Star Wars is recreated World War II footage. And that's a little different. That's like footage inspired by other footage. Oh, okay. But, but it's not like repurposed, recycled. Okay, Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not recycled. But it the Robin Hood reference to Jungle re- Book. Reimagined. The same. Okay. There's a famous one with the Star Trek movies. Like uh, two Star Trek movies apart, they use the exact same explosion for a Klingon bird of prey, like one of the ships. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's a major plot point in both of them. But it's the exact same, same ship explosion. Like they just didn't want to shoot it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's smart. I yeah, think that's it smart. Is, it is. There's a good video. Uh, Screen Rant has the video about the recycled movie footage. If you want to look up their video, they kind of explain more about Let's it. Let's do another one. Let's do another one before we go on to our buried treasure. And I also have two more thoughts on Spectre that I forgot to mention that I think oh, I just wow. want to throw in. All right, all right. Um, fantastic Spectra. Beasts and Spectra? Where to Find Them. Plot revealed. What? Do we care? What was that? Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's the Harry Potter sequels. Oh, I was like, what I'll are you say talking I, I do, about? I only care because I haven't cared enough to read or follow any of this in because I've seen like articles and stuff about this, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm not a Harry Potter fan enough to like follow up and actually read the stuff myself. So I'm interested because it means I don't have to do the work myself. <laughs> if you just if you just tell me about it. <laughs> um, I, I like the Harry Potter stuff fine. Like I've just never been like. My kid's only seven, so he hasn't hit that phase yet. It's, a, yeah. it's another example, you know. again, of if stuff's going to make money, they're going to find a way to franchise it. Well, like, but at the same time, she hasn't really done much since Harry Potter because she hasn't had to, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think it's like a, it's interesting that she's going to be, you know, writing some more and kind of reintroducing that world. I should clarify so. it is a prequel, not a sequel to the Harry Potter universe. So it takes place before the Harry Potter stuff. Now, I, and was there some talk at but one no, point time about that... a stage play and, or or something? I don't remember that. It's well? quite possible. Okay. So oh. this is a full blown movie. This is. It does remind me of. A is joke. it a movie or is it a book? Oh yeah, it's a book first and then a movie. Oh, that be a movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It reminds me Sorry. of uh, just... of a of a joke my son told me. Can I tell you, Josh? I think I've already told Danae this one. Ready? Yes, you've told, you've told <clears> me yeah. now three times. Okay, Josh. Here we go. Okay. How did Harry Potter get down the hill? Uh, how? He walked. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, Thank wait, you. How many people did we just lose? <laughs> I think the chat, the chat just went from, yeah, we're, we're down to one. Okay, listen, that is one of those jokes you've grown at, and then you tell somebody later yeah, that day. It's a really I'm good telling one. you, that's a good one. Only if I'm trying to relate to them in a Harry Potter world, because that <laughs> I, I really is not going to come up in my daily conversation. But if I need to relate to some, you know, Harry Potter fans, I will definitely use that joke. Any more? <laughs> any more? Do we cares? Uh, we can we can finish there. Let's let's, you, let's do one more. Um, new footage for Alice through the Looking Glass appears. Do we care? Is it going to be with the same people from the Alice in Wonderland? Is it the same kind of like series with Johnny Depp playing? Mm-hmm. Yep, Johnny okay. Depp, Helena Bottom Carter. So we're revisiting that world. Released in May of next year. Uh, I'm interested. Yeah, I find that interesting. I, that's one of uh, I did like that movie. Did you like that? I did. I thought it was an interesting. It was certainly twist. interesting. I yeah. mean, it was yeah. it was very visually different. 
I, I don't know that I'm interested enough to read it. It's more like, oh, okay, whatever. We'll see it later. <laughs> his his um his movies are always hit and miss with me. Um, and that was one that was that was a hit for me. The Burton. Yeah, Tim I think, Burton's. Like, I, think... I I always think he has lovely stuff to look at, but it's always a hit and miss whether or not I care about the characters. And for whatever reason, I you know I I bought into uh, this one and I so, enjoyed it the whole um, way through. Burton isn't directing this one. Mm, okay. So, right. and in fact, Caleb said that in, in the chat. So he's not as interested in this one because Tim Burton isn't back on board. Yeah, that's. But the rest you... of the team is all the same. Yep, cast is the same. Interesting. Well, I wonder. Then that does interest me just a little bit because that changes my understanding of what could potentially be happening in front of me. Like, I wonder what a new director would do with the same material in mm, the characters mm-hmm. and how they're going to further a storyline that included her turning into this warrior chicken and battling the what what's it called again jabberwocky that's the one <laughs> all i could think of was snick and snicker snack snick, oh, oh that sounds delicious <laughs> snick a snack i'll take a snicker snack, snicker snack. Chicken, i love snicker track. snacks what is it sn- <laughs> snick. victor will know he's in the snicker, chat he'll be able to tell us he has the whole thing memorized so that is, do we care? And apparently we continue to care about stuff. We do care enough to at least hit the highlights <laughs> of it. I, okay, two quick things. When I was watching uh, the James Bond movie, the uh-huh. opening sequence. Oh, you where were? It was, How'd that go? It was like Day of the Dead. The, the, is that what it's called? Yeah, Day yeah, of the Dead? Yeah. I, I found myself like, I think I want to go experience that. That was right? really interesting and beautiful. Yeah. And if it's that way for real, I want to be there. And did you know Pixar's yeah. next original movie after The Good Dinosaur is based around the Day of the Dead okay. in Mexico? Yeah, there was also a one that a movie uh, just came out that was. Um, it was not yeah, Pixar, it was like a somebody um, else stop motion kind of looking thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. good. I actually enjoyed it. Um, Where there was like two, she uh, he was like sucked into the world of right, the day of the right, dead. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember um, that. I didn't see it, but I remember that. I did. I actually enjoyed I it. it. Um, I can't. I can't remember what it was called though. And yeah. the other thing, sees all the animated things. He get. He's the guy. Josh, I I see all the things. <laughs> The other thing is I have a question. Oh, Book of Life. Book of Life. Thank you, Caleb and Chat. Oh, Book of Life. There you go. Um, the other thing is I just have a quick question. So in movies of old, when it, again in that old in the opening sequence, there's the this days of yore. one moment where like you're looking over this whole like um central part of town where there's all these people gathered, like mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people are there or whatever. Um, tens of thousands, maybe. More I, I, accurately. That, that was so spectacular. I have like imprints of visions of yeah. that scene in my brain. It was so, so amazing. So yeah. would they have had to have hired actors for that? To fill that, how oh, yeah. would they have done that? Yeah, they would have hired people. Like the Ten Commandments is a famous one where I mean they had uh, X number of people died on set because they had so many people that in these you know big action scenes or yeah. or whatever they would get trampled. Or yeah, something? Well, well, even even in parades like or, that, it's dangerous because somebody goes down unless you're paying attention. Like there have been plenty of people. We've heard stuff like even concerts and things where people at concerts get trampled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like Ben Hur, okay. Ten Commandments, I those really movies, yeah, they hired now, all those Now we extras. know it's CG, you know, mm-hmm. and, and now we're looking for how do they make the CG even better and right. make it more realistic. But I found myself just, I don't know why, but in that moment I was like, man, that's a lot of extras. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's not anymore. Okay, sorry. Well, even if it was shot different, you might go, oh, they shot some real footage of the parade and then right. they intercut some, but it's all this one beautiful Oh, that was shot like it's seamless and flawless. Yeah, You're like, no, this is that's a worth just, seeing. This is just happening. I mean, right <laughs> from the opening image of a cigar chomping skeleton, you know, giant yeah, in the screen, all the way for the stops. first ten minutes, it's one shot tracking 
into buildings, into elevators, outside Locking of windows. Locking his time it's, with oh, people. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Wide shots, singles. How do yeah. they even do that? Do they just attach the camera to different little army things? It's called arms? planning. Yeah, that's that's some intricate <laughs> it's planning there. Crazy. All right. Yeah. Sorry about you know. No, you wanted to go I, back. That's kinda, fine. I understand. I wanted to go back. All right. At the end of our Sif Pop episodes, <laughs> we like to do our buried treasure. This is where we get to kind of tell you about something that's happening in our pop culture worlds uh, that we would like to share with you. And Aaron, you rarely start. You want me to start? Uh, my buried treasure is a little show that you may not have heard of uh, called Survivor. Now, the reason the reason I say this is my buried treasure is because I think a lot of people, you know, saw that first season of Survivor, enjoyed the experience, maybe watched a couple more seasons and then just kind of let it fade. I am telling you, it is one of the best television shows uh, on right now, still to this day. The staff they have creating these stories of these, you know, these people voting each other out and having alliances is some of the most compelling and intense television I watch on a weekly basis. And I just want to throw it out there as a reminder. If it's a show you once enjoyed, I think you would still enjoy it. This season has second chance contestants coming back who played you know, the game in earlier seasons and now get a second chance. And they are all playing the game so well and so hard. It is fascinating. And uh, I'm just I'm having a really good time. And I specifically bring it up because in the last episode, there was a moment right at the beginning where Probst came into camp and which is never a good thing, came up to one of the contestants and said, hey, I just got a phone call from your wife. Your son is in the hospital. Both the doctor and your wife think it's serious enough that you need to to come home. And instantly he was like, I'm out of here. I'm coming home. And just the, the way the show supported that decision and the way the people around supported him, it reminded me that, yeah, reality TV gets a lot of guff, but it also can show some really great parts of what we can do as community and as humans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, it's just a reminder that that show is on and still really, really good. Josh. Um, well, he took mine. <laughs> uh, <just kidding. laughs> if anybody has ever heard me talk on one of these before, they know that reality TV is not my thing. Although that is a, that is a great point because you definitely address my, my main issue with reality television um so that's cool um yeah. no mine is another tv show um called moon boy m-o-o-n-e boy okay um you may have heard of this it is an irish sitcom that uh uh airs uh on sky one so it's a it's a british uh, channel but it, the shot the show is shot in ireland but it's um a chris o'dowd who is an actor comedian i love chris who, o'dowd I'll do too. He was, you guys might remember him from the IT crowd. He was also the, the love interest in Bridesmaids for uh, mm-hmm. Christian Wig. He looks he like shows it's on Hulu. A, a, that's exciting. Yeah, well, that's where I watched it. My wife and I have been watching the first three seasons are on Hulu, uh, Hulu, and it is a delight. He The show is basically, it's semi-autobiographical about him as a young boy growing up late 80s, early 90s, and his imaginary friend, who Chris O'Dowd actually plays. Oh, um, fun. But it's got a real kind of uh, Malcolm in the Middle, Wonder Years, only a little more Irish, a little more irreverent. Um, but it's just kind of this, you know, dysfunctional family kind of making it through. And this kid who is, you know, awkward and out of sorts, but like just really confident in himself. <laughs> so it's just this weird sort of like the kids shouldn't have any reason to be like confident in his life but he really is and 
it's it's really anyway we're we're about um halfway through season two right now and we are loving it cool um, so i Sounds recommend awesome. it my buried treasure today is going to be a book i finished the book love does by bob goff after a f- friend told me to read it i didn't remember that but aaron <laughs> aaron gave this book to me a long time ago and said i think you're really gonna like this book I had it in my house. I found it and I was like, oh, I'm traveling. I should take this with me. And then I read it and I was like, where did I, where did I get this book? This so, is amazing. One day Danae's like, Aaron, have you ever heard of this book? It's called Love Does. Oh, you mean my <laughs> copy of Love Does that I gave to you? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's amazing. And Aaron's like, I know. That's why I loaned it to you. But obviously you forgot. You which... guys can both read. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Isn't it cool? Yeah. This is... <laughs> This is written, so Bob Goff is a Christian, but the whole entire book is like this non-invasive approach to how to go about life, loving people and being confident in the adventure of life. And, you know, like, I don't know, it's really, it's really interestingly put together in such a way where each chapter is a thought that he has. So it's not like the sequential series where the story builds and you have to read the beginning all the way to the end to get a message. (coughs) Well, Whoa, bless dude. you, Josh. Good night. You all right? Need Everybody prayer? Okay? All right, let's... I have a touch of the burk. <laughs> case so, for t- got a case of deep darkies. So it's a... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's, Thanks, yeah, Aaron. That's a, diff- that's a different orifice, Aaron. Oh, nice, sorry. Nice sorry. call back there. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking about a lovely... <laughs> I am. I'm attempting to talk about a lovely book. Um, it's it's interesting. Victor actually uh, in the chat actually just said that he is also reading Love Does. Um, I found it to be really really great and easy read. Maybe because each chapter is kind of standalone and it's thoughts from his uh, I don't know the uh, observations of his life. Mm-hmm. But the way that he writes is clever and fun. And like I said, it's not a shove Christ down your throat. It's more talking about like how the Bible says to do things, but he doesn't even reference any Bible verses. It's just like, I like how it says in the Bible that, you know, Jesus was annoyed by people, you know? <laughs> so it's like really kind of normal everyday conversation. And it it really encouraged me to embrace my whimsy part of myself that if I want to go on an adventure, that I sort of just trust the process and go on an adventure fearlessly. Whimsy is is what Bob does. He is He is the kind of guy that, We'll think something and then just do it. And it's it's really interesting to to hear from him and kind of how he, he does his life. He's had some pretty crazy fun adventures as well. But he just, he, you know, he kind of alludes to it. He'll, he'll mention it in a chapter, you know, how he'll travel to, I think, Uganda and these places and seriously go save children from, you know, human trafficking and things. And he, it's just like a light comment. It's not like he's not trying to praise himself. He's saying... We didn't have a plan. We just went and did the thing. And all of a sudden, he's the ambassador to Uganda. You know, like, I mean, just like things just happen, you know? Yeah. But the book isn't about him. It's it's about his perspective. And he does a really good job of bringing you into an adventure. So whether you're a Christian or not, if you can... Um, if you like to embrace that part of yourself that tries to live life from a love perspective, even if it gets ugly and confusing, I would recommend this book because it's not one of those where you have to come to Jesus by the end. It's just, it's a really great, great read. So again, it's Bob Goff, G-O-F-F or Bob who Bob who is one of the themes throughout the book too. (laughs) Um, love does is the name of the book. And the copy that I have has balloons on the front if you want to see he's it at a local store. He's also famous for, at the end of that book, giving his personal 
cell phone number. He puts it and says, hey, call me anytime. And he, if you've ever been around and he spoke at something I was at recently and I was talking to him, he gets phone calls all the time from people who read his book and he just has conversations with them. And it's, it's just kind of this, <laughs> that's just the kind of stuff he does, you know? Uh, one of the, yeah, one of the most impressive things, and Victor just brought it up in the chat, is um, he wanted to go to study law. He wanted to be a lawyer and he didn't, study well for her the test to get into law school so he wasn't invited to any of the colleges so his solution was to go and sit outside of the dean's office every single day all day long until he was told to go get his books and that was a really inspiring thing for me is like sometimes you hit like you hit a wall and you don't feel like you can do anything but you can you can go and you can ask someone to just take a chance on you and so there's just some there's hilarious parts of it uh the reach is one of my favorite chapters it's amazing and hilarious him he he manages to find you know way to see the importance and value in passing gas at a job you know <laughs> the important it's just it's a perfect book it's just a great book. sounds like a great book for us yeah it does hey another episode where we mentioned something to do with flatulence and body things yay, yay body things. it's a great way to end the show flatulence and octopi so thank you guys once again for joining us for an episode of sif pop here comes the end of the podcast music sad it's a sad sad moment (laughs) it's also it's so fun to do a podcast and have to go so quickly so thanks for getting sif pop uh downloading it in itunes or stitcher are the two main places you can find it you can always just uh whatever podcast you use Mm -hmm. we are there uh we ask that you would consider reviewing sif pop on itunes giving it a star rating and then kind of letting the audience know what we do here that would be really really helpful Sif Pop is all one word. And by subscribing to the Sif Pop podcast feed, you'll also get the spoiler episode. So if you guys want to hear more of our specific thoughts on some things that we did or did not like, mostly did not like, (laughs) on the James Bond movie, we're going to be recording that next. And a lot of that is available again for our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Thanks again to Josh from the Nether Region for hanging out with us. Appreciate you being here. <laughs> My pleasure, guys and gals. And uh, and uh, I should just you know tell you in case you see this movie, uh, if you meet a grieving widow, you do not have to sleep with her. That's just you know, despite what James Bond might tell you, it doesn't have to go that way. Have a great Especially time, guys. Especially if she's seventy years old. <laughs> Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.